1: let's fucking go the Arizona Diamondbacks finally answer back welcome into the PHNX D-back show right here on PHNX my name is Derek Montia soon to be your mayor of PHNX again this man next to me he was never not my vice mayor it is the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman Jesse, are we back?
0: Hey, man. I mean, just just another day where the Diamondbacks' closer does what the opposing team's closer couldn't do. What? Interesting. In what world? In what world? Well, the answer backs are back. We are back. They are back.
1: Everybody's back. Uh, the ninth inning comeback was very exciting. But something to point out is that tonight's victory is brought to you by Mike Hazen's Trades. And I know you do not want to give this man credit and I know you do not want to give these players credit for the way that they have struggled since being traded over to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But Tommy Pham, Jace Peterson, and Paul Seawald were all very big tonight for this team. In fact, scoring critical runs and closing down uh, the bottom of the ninth to give the Diamondbacks the victory. Uh, but man, this was an incredible thing. Alec Thomas... Uh, Started that ninth inning off with a single. Even that felt somewhat unlikely. I mean, the mood here was was not great. Yeah, it was big. The mood here was not great. Um, But the Diamondbacks just had a huge inning there. That ninth inning, uh, after being down by two late, Perdomo doubles, uh, Thomas gets the third, Cattell Marte with the big two RBI double that ties the game. And then Tommy Pham comes through with an RBI double. that gave the D-backs the lead for good. Of course, uh, you also had Lourdes tacking on an RBI single of his own to make it seven to five, and then Jace Peterson uh, got in on the action with an RBI single that scored Lourdes. Lourdes, of course, known base stealer. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course, he got, got his fourth stolen <laughs> his base fourth of the, of the year. season. Yeah, uh, but man, what what a cathartic victory this had to be for this team! Like, it just had to feel really good for them to be able to do this thing that they did in the first half so well, as far as being able to answer back being able to have some sort of offensive reply when the when they go down or when they lose a lead like they did in this yeah
0: yeah I mean it it was setting up to be frankly kind of a typical diamondbacks loss of late right just the diamondbacks disaster. yeah they had a lot you know they had some opportunities to score in this game that they didn't take advantage of uh i i know we'll we'll maybe get into some of that later it wasn't all pretty for for the tonight. there were some, there tonight. some sloppy mistakes made on it both was, sides of the there line, were some sure. questionable decisions there were a lot of questionable things in this game in in the front eight innings for the diamondbacks but yeah they just had this extra gear in the ninth inning that we just haven't seen this Diamondbacks team have in a long time yeah. right They've been on the losing end of so many games like this within the last month or two right it's just been game after game after game uh you know where the diamondbacks it seems like there's there's opportunities out there they're squandering opportunities they're making mistakes allowing opposing teams to score more runs and they probably should be scoring yeah you know the the bullpen uh was was okay i guess all things considered no, it was tonight no it was uh, not Luis Frias was not okay uh you know there were maybe some questions about whether he should have been in the game in that in that spot in the seventh inning But yeah, the Diamondbacks found a way to come back in the ninth inning at a time when you felt like the morale in that dugout was probably not great. Right. When when a lot of guys in their heads might have been tempted to think like, here we go again, here's another loss that looks a whole lot like, you know, the 35 games that we've lost here over over the last month and a half. And the Diamondbacks were able to figure things out in the ninth inning against a pretty darn good closer in in Justin Lawrence. The Rockies don't have. A great team, but he is genuinely one of the better closers in the game. And, uh, yeah, they were able to, you know, a five spot in the ninth inning. It was more runs than they'd scored through the front eight frames in this game. A huge comeback win for the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when you talk about the D-backs bullpen, I don't think there's very much credit deserved. But it was a bullpen game, so we already know that the Diamondbacks were going to kind of be have their back up against the wall in this one. Yeah. Uh, it was a surprise because – Joe Mantiply, who was largely responsible for the game one loss, was the starter or opener, if you will, in this bullpen game. But uh, the Diamondbacks in that game one, not very good late. And the bullpen was not very good late. In fact, uh, Jesse pointed out on Twitter that D-backs relievers gave up more hits in the eighth inning than Merrill Kelly gave up over six innings. And that was not great. Just pathetic, (laughs) right? It's very frustrating to see that happen, especially when Merrill Kelly went out there and pitched a gem. The Diamondbacks offense didn't give them much. Right. And I think that's the big thing about this ninth inning that was so important is in two games, the Diamondbacks had scored seven runs in Colorado, which is what most teams do in like two innings in Colorado. So it, it, it didn't bode well for the struggles that they're having at the plate.
0: No, yeah, I mean, it looked like a very typical Diamondbacks game that we've seen over the last month or two, right? You're in you're in Coors Field, you're in the most hitter friendly environment in baseball, and you're facing, frankly, some pretty subpar Rockies pitchers. I know I talked up how good Justin Lawrence is at the back end. They have some decent back end relievers on this team, but. You know, Ty Block is not Ty Block, not that great of a pitcher, right? Five he's, innings, he's six not hits, terrible, but earned. he's Come he's on. not too great. Earned. The Diamondbacks made him look a lot better than I think he actually is, and it was a similar story yesterday as well, right? Uh, with with the Rockies having more of a, a subpar starter on the mound in in Chris Flexen. So, yeah, this is just. Are we going to talk about the home run snake? We I mean, can did talk about the home they, run snake.
1: Did they behead the home run snake too early? We tried to put it back together. You guys We're like. <laughs> Come on, not enough home runs are being hit in Colorado. But Christian Walker did hit home runs in both games, and it's good to yeah, see that was Christian good. Walker back. That's very big for this team. But yeah, they made uh Block look like an absolute stud out there. Luckily, the Diamondbacks were able to have that big ninth inning and come back. Now I saw a super chat from Mark Solera. I love Mark Solera, and he asks, Are we back? You're <laughs> goddamn right we're back for tonight, for right now at least. <laughs> Because tonight, a lot of wild card teams lost. So it was a very good night for the Diamondbacks to pull a victory out on this one. But again, you can't <laughs> say enough about what Jace Peterson, Tommy Pham, and Paul Seawald did. Paul Seawald made things, obviously, exciting there uh, in, in the It wasn't inning. really and
0: his fault that it wasn't, much, though. It wasn't. I mean, it was not He's really right. hard contact. It was kind of just three bloop singles. The D-backs outfielders were playing a little bit deep. Uh, I don't think all of those would have fallen, you know, with like normal outfield depth. It was
1: just there was just some weird plays. There was uh, I mean, there was like, yeah, sloppy mistakes made, like I said, on both sides of the ball. Nick Ahmed not coming home on that one throw uh, for Charlie Black. Yeah, that that was that was was questionable. That was questionable. When we watched it back on the replay, it really did look like he could have gotten him. Then You had Corbin Carroll bunting on a 3 0 count.
0: Yeah, bunting on a 3 0 count. Whose
1: decision was
0: that? I need to know. I it want was answers. Probably Torrey Lavello's decision, given that Corbin showed bunt on all three pitches prior to that, right? right. I mean, clearly I that it. was like the plan going into that. We probably should talk about that one for a second. The Diamondbacks had first and second, nobody mm-hmm. out. Uh, I believe it was a tie game at, at that point in time. And uh, the Diamondbacks very much. I mean, this was a big opportunity for them, right, late in the game, to to make some noise and do some damage. You've got Corbin Carroll at the plate, who has obviously been struggling, right? Uh, Corbin has not been the same hitter over the last month and a half that he has been, or that he was in the first half of the season. But nonetheless, first and second, nobody out. You can maybe understand. Okay, maybe he sees something. Maybe he shows bun. Maybe he tries to lay down a bunt you know, once or twice. But once you get to a 3-0 count, I just don't understand how that possibly would have made any sense for the Diamondbacks. So they very much won this game in spite of of, you know, that decision. Obviously, it didn't pan out either with Corbin uh, on a three zero pitch. You know, he got a pitch a little bit elevated and he and he fouled out uh, on a bunt attempt, which is something we've seen. Pop ups on bunt attempts is something that we've seen several times from this Diamondbacks team in the last two weeks. It's completely, completely unacceptable. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why the diamondbacks were even looking to bunt in that spot in the first place. It's, that made no sense. It's to me. just such desperation. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, just it's not a good look though. Like, isn't yeah. that what a team does when they have no faith, when they have no confidence in their offense? Yeah. That's when you lay down bunts in the three Oh count with first and second and nobody out You're and one of your wrong. best hitters at the plate. I just think it's a, I think it's a pretty bad look, but yes, all that to say somehow, the diamondbacks in the ninth inning just suddenly looked like a team that we haven't seen in in like a month or more right like the diamondbacks just haven't really won games like this in a very long time huge for them to get back out on top with this win elise makes a great point i think elise is secretly uh a
1: a former coach. Um I'm not even <laughs> sure if her name is Elise, but she says not to defend Tory, but even if the bunt play is on, it's still the batter's responsibility. Yeah, right
0: that's pitch. true. It was yeah, it was a mistake You're on Corbin's right. on Corbin's part as yeah. well trying to bunt on that pitch. But just like just like yeah. Damon was furious, our producer Damon, absolutely furious with Corbin's catch on the
1: last play of the game because even though he caught it they were just. It, he made it more exciting than he needed. It scared to Scared the shit out of me. I know it scared the shit out of you, but you, rightfully so, After because three. you were right. He could have made a more stable. Like it, it was. There was just. Was, There's was too much pizzazz on that. On that. Catch, After all you know? those
0: bloop singles earlier in the oh, inning. oh,
1: made me sick. Yeah, made me sick to my stomach. But uh, one thing we haven't talked about as far as positives go was Bryce Jarvis making his debut in this game. Uh, and he made quite a debut. I mean, he wasn't, was good. he wasn't anything incredible, but his first inning was pretty damn good. In the, in the second inning, he struck out two and got three outs on 10 pitches. Uh, he ended up giving the Diamondbacks their biggest chunk of this outing. I, I guess you could say he went three innings, gave up one hit, one earned run, uh, one walk, and three strikeouts. So very promising as far as yeah. an arm for the Diamondbacks in the bullpen and somebody that they absolutely are going to need going forward. We still have a lot of question marks about Zach Davies and his outing tonight in Reno, which we will talk about here shortly, and so much uh, more as far as, you know, uh, what the Diamondbacks are going to do with their bullpen. But uh, the bullpen, not very good. Tyler Gilbert, not very good. Luis Frias, very, very bad. And again, when you talk about Tori Lovullo making the right decision, uh, Jesse will say that even though the numbers were very good, there are still some peripheral issues with Luis Frias. But coming into this game, he had a 9 game hitless streak, a nine inning scoreless streak or not hitless streak, scoreless streak, hitless streak hitless no, that streak. would be really something. Yeah, that'd something. be a nine game, uh, <laughs> but score nine <laughs> game scoreless streak, nine inning scoreless streak. Uh, and he's looked very good lately. And of course, you know, he comes in in this one and kind of a critical yeah. moment and then wasn't able to get uh, pretty, wasn't able to be effective at all. He went one and one third innings, gave up three hits, three earned runs, uh, walked one and did not strike anybody
0: out. Yeah, I I mean it's kinda like what I what I said yesterday about Luis Frias. Like unfortunately the the nature of this game is that, you know, relievers who are not necessarily fantastic, they're still gonna have runs where they're pretty good Correct. for a while. And Correct. for the Diamondbacks, that means that They might be pitchers you have to kind of rely on because it seems like this Diamondbacks bullpen only has, you know, sort of a couple of hot hands at any given moment. And they're kind of just trying to ride those guys as much as they can. Luis Frias, you know, although he absolutely has been better of late, I think he has taken some steps forward. His command has certainly been better uh, in this most recent stint up in the majors. I'm just not sure any real MLB evaluator is looking at Luis Frias and seeing a genuine back end high leverage bullpen arm. I just don't think that's the outlook for this guy. It's great that he was able to bounce back. It's great that he, you know, got his ERA back into the, the mid four range and, you know, starting to look like more of a workable major league arm, which he hasn't really in the past. Yeah. But this is where the D-backs are at with the, with this bullpen, right? Is when a, when a guy who had an ERA of, of seven not that long ago, you know, rattles off five to ten good games in a row suddenly they're thrust into a high leverage role in the back end of this bullpen because there just isn't a lot of depth there and sort of like what I said yesterday I would just caution like you know guys can go on little runs where they look pretty good out there it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a role that they're ready for and unfortunately for for Luis Frias we saw a, a not very good outing here tonight but you know who's a certified G
1: and a bona fide stud Jesse oh Kevin Ginkle Yes. Oh, My course, man went out there
0: through one inning, seven pitches, six strikes, yeah. one strikeout, no hits. And I think some people were kind of mad about it because it was like, well, now the Diamondbacks are down by two runs, and now you're putting in, <laughs> you know, like you, one of your bona fide back end. Yep relief arms uh when all was said and done though that eighth inning was really important holding it in a two-run
1: deficit tory knew what he was doing the whole time yeah master, master yeah. plan
0: master plan. no one in the comments ever doubted tory not even for a minute we never doubted this team
1: for a minute they're a wagon jesse uh speaking of wagons let's give our king snake award out uh because that absolutely goes to none other than tommy fam uh looking hot in those purple purple jerseys two for five tonight game-winning double with that RBI, you could say, because uh, that was the decider. The Rockies were not able to score more than that, that run got. So if that would have been the only run they got there in the ninth inning or, or the, as far as, like, going ahead, uh, they would have maintained that lead, even though it was a little sketchy there. Paul Seawald gets the save, uh, gave up three hits
0: in the inning and made it, like I said, very interesting. But I news mean, his base uh, is loaded. Nobody out, right? Yeah, that's – yeah, it was – It's not a great way to start the ninth inning, but yeah, again, Paul Seawald, it it was just kind of three sort of dinky singles to start the ninth inning, but he was able to get out of it. That was, that was really big. I think you are continuing to see why Paul Seawald, despite, you know, a really rough one in Minnesota to start off his, his Diamondbacks tenure as a closer, uh, he's really looked better over these last few outings. And I'm not sure what other relievers that the Diamondbacks have had this year. I'm not sure who else you'd really trust. Uh, to get out of those spots in in the way that Paul Seawald has been able to. Do you think Paul Seawald has a good pair of sunglasses, Jesse? Coming from the Seattle I don't, area? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I will say that people in yeah, people in Seattle do need sunglasses okay. because on the few days that the sun is out it's it's just blinding because you're just not used to seeing it for like six months. I get, okay, that, yeah, like like so, walking out of a movie theater, right? Like
1: where you're. Just yeah, like, ah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, that's that why sense. I didn't
0: really wear sunglasses much growing up because here I was just used to sort of being blinded by the sun all the time. It's just kind of the norm. You yeah. just kind of get used to it, it's but. True. Yeah, anyone who who spends some time in Seattle, you probably probably need some sunglasses. It, it's kind of like walking barefoot a little bit
1: in, in in the summer here in Arizona. Like for some reason, you can build up a tolerance to it. But if you tried that, I have never been able going, to build up a tolerance no, to oh that. No, i <laughs> I could walk across the street to get my mail, and it's kind of like doing some mm-hmm. sort of like weird like walking on like coals kind of thing because <laughs> it's so hot. I just my way across, but I don't do it without protection on my eyes. And nobody should go outside without some good premium polarized sunglasses. So make sure to check out our friends from Shady Rays. They're an independent sunglass company with a world-class product and a world-class lost and broken replacement plan. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked, no judgment, No judginess at all to take off the white wig and they will send you a brand new pair of sunglasses for free. If you also don't love your Shady Rays, you can either exchange them for a brand new pair or you can get your money back uh, for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. You can check out their entire collection here in town at Kierlin Commons. They have a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And I will tell you, today was one of uh, the first days that I found it not to be completely awful outside when I woke up and went outside. So that means soon enough, there's more of those days. I don't know if you saw it, but this weekend, it's supposed to be like 96 degrees, not triple digits yeah 96 that's glorious I don't believe it until it happens but if it does happen the place that I'm going is to illegal Pete's I'm going there Uh. immediately I'm sitting out on their patio I'm drinking margaritas and I'm taking in all of the wonderful weather because uh once once we get back to patio season you know patio season sticks around for a long time around these parts so uh make sure to check out illegal Pete's for patio margaritas patio beers Patio food, patio hot queso, everything you can eat outside. Uh, They have a full menu over there, bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos. And, of course, we thank them so much uh, for bringing us food and feeding us as well. So shout out to Illegal Pete's and their irresistible drinks, mouth-watering food that they have over there. Illegal Illegal Pete's is your go-to spot this summer. Stop by for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations. Illegal Pete's, the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer for 28 years.
0: I had illegal pizza two days ago, fantastic, or yesterday, so yeah. good, yeah. always it's, so good, never you miss know, this. it
1: there It's 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 become a thing, right, like there's a lot of places, you know, like they, the, the common thing for illegal pizza is like, oh, it's like Chipotle, no, it's not like Chipotle, it's not, just because you get it at a counter and you can make it yourself, this is so much better, they have so many better options. And uh, their bar is 10 times better.
0: There's
1: the vibes, the vibes, the vibes are are very different from a Chipotle. The
0: vibes in there are incredible
1: fast food place. It is a place you hang out with your friends and have some drinks. But speaking of hanging out with our friends, we want to once again, thank everybody uh, for joining us at our takeover event. We had so much fun this weekend. And of course, it was so great to see the Arizona Diamondbacks out there in those purple and teal jerseys looking sexy. My God. Uh, And now we're getting a little bit of a there's a little bit of a controversy being created. Right. But it is the exact kind of controversy we want created because not only not only do we as fans want the purple and teal back, but it sounds like we're finally getting to the point that the players after wearing those jerseys this weekend kind of are questioning why the hell they don't get to wear them all the time. Jesse. Zach Gowan, instigator, known provocateur. He, he is. Uh, yes. He was out there getting people <laughs> all riled up with his with his tweets or his exes or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, and then we have our buddy Teo Mackey from Arizona Republic asking around uh, and he had an article about uh, what Diamondbacks players thought of the purple yeah. uniforms.
0: Yeah, and uh, they apparently agree with what everyone else thinks. Love them. <laughs> they love
1: them. <laughs> uh gallon gallon was quoted as saying i just kind of had been throwing it out there to the front office the purple looks good maybe we should bring it back gallon said so i put up a twitter poll to see if the fans agree with me and honestly i didn't think it was going to be that big of a landslide
0: in terms of votes and the responses we'll see what happens Ninety-one to nine, Derek. Ninety-one percent in favor of keeping purple and teal. They can't keep nine getting away amid. with this. In
1: the word of Dev Damon, right? I'll they fight. can't keep
0: getting away with this. I will fight those nine percent with my bare hands. Right? Pants.
1: Like the the nine percent can't keep showing up. We need this to be a hundred percent poll. This is insane. But uh, Gallon also said on convincing the front office staff, this is very interesting. He said, "There's things beyond my control and beyond their control in terms of stuff like that." Gallon said. But I know they definitely took notice of the poll, so maybe it's in the back of their mind. Wow. Let's go! Purple's if, on its way back. Could Confirm. you
0: imagine if Zach Gallen actually instigated the Diamondbacks keeping per the Diamondbacks going back to Purple and Teal? That would art like Zach Gallen might win an NL Cy Young this year. I would argue that getting the Diamondbacks back to purple and teal would be tenfold the accomplishment of no, winning a, a Cy Young Award. Without a doubt. <laughs> I don't think that's I even mean, very I controversial. I just
1: under a World Series victory. Yeah. <laughs> there is few, very few things. Playoffs, I don't give a shit. He got the purple and teal jerseys back. I'm fucking good. And it's wild because we're playing the Colorado Rockies, right? The other bastard-ass team that has purple. And they're part of the reason why. You know they're part of the reason why they justified the change. Supposedly, I'm not, yes. I'm not saying Saying that it's the sole reason, but of course, they looked around the NL West and were like, Oh, there's no red teams. And then now that look at what we got. But uh, <laughs> Alec Thomas said, I think we push whoever's in charge of doing the jerseys. I think we could get that changed. Yeah. He wants to physically push them. I mean, I think it sounds like <laughs> verbal, but I think he means like, let's go over and just shove his ass around. Alec, in a hit me up. I'm, I'm yeah. there. Oh, we're available. We'll send David over right away. Absolutely. Damon yeah, yeah. loves to intimidate people. Uh, ask James Altman. Um, Roy said he loved them. He's a big fan of the color of the period. And then I remember there were some gun shows back in the late <laughs> 90s when these guys were all flexed up with no sleeves. I think it's a great look. It's traditional old school baseball. And I love that. Speaking of the gun show, skin tight purple undershirts were mm. a fucking choice that I particularly love. Yeah. They really uh Alec Thomas was looking ripped. Of course, you know, of course you got. It.
0: And they found a way to get the Avnet patch on there. Do you notice that they the Avnet patch like on the yeah? yeah.
1: I, I also know. saw Zach Gallon wearing just his purple shirt without the vest, oh, and that was a look too. Yeah. Uh, it was a look. It was a look. I'm just saying, uh, but yeah, it sounds like they uh, uh, they they said that uh, in the article. Uh, Teo said both Perdomo and Thomas estimated that if you served uh, surveyed the clubhouse, the vote would be twenty six to nothing in favor. of of the purple
0: jerseys. There we have it. I, I mean it he, there we have. It. There comes a point, right, when Sit. it's not just every every Diamondbacks fan on the planet essentially clamoring for purple and teal, with the exception of about two people who have shown up in our chat the last couple of days, which I'm still dumbfounded by. I will fight um, both of them. <laughs> One of them is Reese. Oh, I don't want to fight. One Reese. of them is Reese. Oh. Oh, but I like Reese. Reese. I like oh, Reese too. Reese. I wanted to like Reese. You let I don't down, know. Reese. Uh, but yeah, like, doesn't there come a point when if it's not just the fan base, but like it's your own clubhouse, yeah. like your own like your own players are every, saying this. I don't know.
1: Everything points in that direction, Jesse. As far as making money, it's going to make money hand over fist. Right. Uh, the the return of something nostalgic like that will cause people like literally when you look in the in the team shop, a lot of the old stuff in the That's purple and the the and shelves, stuff yeah. jumps off the shelf. Right. Uh, I know how how excited I was to finally get my hands at one point on a on a purple hat because they a hat club started doing like throwbacks and they brought back the purple with the a and i couldn't i couldn't get that for years and i finally got my purple a hat and i bought it immediately i paid full price for it look at that look at me
0: realistically do i still have some questions about this yeah i still have some pretty big questions about this like what i don't know i mean the diamondbacks i think have known for years that fans by and large like purple and teal better and yet we haven't we've seen We've seen some changes sort of in that direction in that they did bring back the teal, and that's kind of a popular accent color. And, and but I think that was kind of their compromise, And right? this
1: year, they did, like, with the 25th anniversary stuff, they started adding purple yeah. to some of their, like, Yeah, that's true. You're you're kind doing. of
0: seeing shades of it return, but it has always felt to me like that's sort of as far as they're willing to go. I just don't so. know how you don't look across town at what the Coyotes did with the Kachina
1: jerseys yeah, and say, wow, people really liked going back to that. Maybe we should try that. Yeah. I don't know, but... Um, I think the biggest thing is the red and sand has never felt like Diamondbacks to me. It really hasn't. It's never really felt yeah. like Arizona or Phoenix or any of that. It really You can call it Sedona Red and Sand all fucking day. It doesn't make it like Arizona. I don't Arizona.
0: know. Is that actually Sedona Red? It's absolutely not. Sedona Red's more of an orange, I feel like. Yeah. Right? Sedona Red, uh, like anyone who's been to Sedona knows. Yeah. That that the color of the rocks. That are the color of the Sedona, rocks is not at all the color of the Diamondbacks. Or uniform. I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't I don't think
1: that merely trying to call the colors Arizona colors is enough. Like the mix of the purple and teal and gold. I mean, it was very reminiscent of like the Rattlers who were also very had very good jersey and color combinations yeah. and stuff like that here in town. So, uh, Thunderbolt forty seven says so. Add it in the rotation of uniforms. It's that simple. He's right. I mean, that's the compromise. Just bring it back like you did years ago when you had Throwback Thursdays. And you yeah, they did do Throwback Thursday
0: for a while, and yeah, I think I mean I think that was a that was cool in itself. I think people liked that, it just, but it got fans excited.
1: People were excited to be at the ballpark, and the ballpark yeah. was rocking this weekend because they were giving away those throwback jerseys, and it was Throwback Weekend with all the legends in the house. So Saturday was especially. Uh, fun And it was not only just fun for us as fans and for us in particular, hanging out with you guys at our takeover, it was fun for Christian Walker. Uh, we post this video on Twitter, but here's Christian Walker's comments about what it felt like to walk out of the dugout and see the crowd uh, and, and especially the supportive Arizona Diamondbacks fans crowd uh, yeah. in full attendance that night.
0: Yeah. That uh, was the first thing I noticed when I came out of the dugout was, uh, you know, the bodies and, um, it changes everything, you know. That's that's home field advantage, in my opinion, is the crowd on your side, and um, you know, booing, booing the other team and cheering for us. It's it was exactly what what we needed to, you know, help us um, help us pull away out of this.
1: That got a weird response on our Twitter account, by the way, from a few people who felt like, in some way, Christian Walker was blaming the crowd for not coming out or something like that for ad, for that being the reason why the Diamondbacks weren't winning, and like that's just such a weird way to me to take that because I felt like he was just sincerely, like appreciative and excited about the crowd being there that night. But you got to understand that this is weird for Arizona Diamondbacks players because it's unique to this team, the city. Uh, I said it yesterday, but yeah. there's just not a lot of places where players have to deal with this much. Uh, I guess support for the opposing team and this lack of support for the home team, even when things are going bad, like even when things are going bad, other teams like, you know, the Cleveland guardians fans and stuff like that, that have been used to the team sucking for years. They still come out, they boo, they give their team shit. They write mean things about them on Twitter, but they still come out and they still support. They don't do that thing of just like completely dropping off as far as interest goes, just because their team sucks. And that's something that at times is a bit unique to Arizona and also the just the amount of opposing fans that live here that are already have their allegiance for another team it's we're one of the we are one of the youngest franchises in baseball and you know it, it you also add the fact that we are the spring training home where a lot of people just kind of already you know root for another team yeah and it leads to this kind of thing where it's it, it is hard at times for them to have a game where they can feel like, the the crowd is one hundred percent on their side. And, you know, I I, I still find it hilarious that Tori notices the seventh inning thing, you know? Cause yeah. Tori told us he's never even watched an episode of the show because he can't, because he couldn't like he doesn't want to like at all get any of this stuff we say in his head at all. But <laughs> uh, you know, like it's funny because he he also said he just kind of like stays kind of head in the in the sand about everything around them and doesn't really If you're a major league or, manager
0: I think that's the I think that's clearly it's the, the best that's course. clearly the move right. yeah <laughs> right. I mean
1: like in, in him saying that I was actually honestly surprised that he would pick up on something like the crowd at Chase Field having that battle during the, the take me out in to in the stretch, ballpark yeah and 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 having them say you know root 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 for the blank instead of for the d-backs right? i mean
0: it's got to be kind of demoralizing for the guys in the clubhouse right i think the diamondbacks recognize that you know in moments when they're not playing particularly well that is going to correlate with how many diamondbacks fans are are in the seats at chase field and I think they understand that. I think that's understandable. But what is maybe a little bit harder for people to swallow is that like, yeah, not only are there maybe not going to be as many Diamondbacks fans in there, but the flip side is that there's going to be more opposing fans there. And those fans are going to be significantly louder than the Diamondbacks fans in the building. That's not really a normal thing. Like, yes, teams do, in a sense, have to play well in order to get maximum support from their local fan base. That's not anything. Yes, but do teams everywhere, right? Yeah. Do teams need to play really well just so that like during take me out to the ball game like root 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 for the d-backs is more prominent than it's the opposing crazy. team that's not We've the way it's supposed to be to that too like yeah.
1: i literally am surprised at times when i hear diamondbacks louder than than the opposing team right? yeah it's that's just sad. But uh, you guys are great fans. We Thank you so much for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, do so right now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Leave us a thumbs up just for our own uh, instant gratification and then self-esteem issues. But uh, I do want to <laughs> say you guys are awesome. And I want to give a shout out to one, uh, one of our listeners, particularly Nick Sutphin uh, from Nebraska. Right.
0: Nebraska. And I mean,
1: man, Nick's Nick's I I didn't even know, like, because Nick's been such a solid dude the entire time that we've known him? Uh, that I didn't even know that he lived in Nebraska because I felt like he was here. He's my purple hair brother. Uh, he had purple hair at the same time I did in Lori's Gurriel. Well, I
0: think he still has purple hair. He still hair. does. He has like a mohawk you, you or something. Ditched, or a mullet. You
1: I did. I tried to do anything I could to help this team win, Jesse. But uh, <laughs> he made us some absolutely beautiful baseball cards. We've featured them on the show before, but he brought us some new ones. And, Damon, would you mind showing off a couple of those cards? Because – his artwork is just incredible. I mean, he, these are wow. all hand drawn. Look at that Lord is Guriel card. That's one's what, incredible. Nick. Eh, all right. Well, uh, Chafin, we miss you, but that's, I really like that Chafin card. And again, his two Randy Johnson cards are just something spectacular. So yeah. we, we might have to give one of those to Randy. Cause I know he would appreciate having a little piece of artwork like that, but uh shout out <laughs> to Nick for sure for, for that. Um, and, uh, of course you guys are all awesome but right now nick's more awesome than most of you just because like can you draw cards like that if you can send it to us i mean nick's way
0: just, cooler than i am that, i
1: know that for sure but uh i don't know about i don't know about damon over there but uh if you guys haven't signed up for a diehard membership yet do so immediately uh damon is real by the way you've met him cogs don't question him but uh go phnx.com sign up for a diehard membership course if you want some merch from the phnxlocker.com it's a no-brainer get yourself a free piece of merchandise you also get 20% off all future purchases you get access to our members only newsletter uh jesse's newsletter full count you also get members uh, access to our members only discord lounge which is the best place to be an arizona sports fan with exclusive discord only content uh you also have uh discounts with our partners you have discounts uh specifically With us as well on events and so much more members only merchandise so join us today and become a diehard member uh also sign up for the bet mgm sportsbook app we want you to do that we want you to have more fun betting on sports uh, and watching sports uh, you, you don't have to bet a lot of money that's the beautiful part about it sometimes with the bonus bets it's a small amount and uh, that small amount is is just enough for me to make a crazy 12 leg parlay that i'll miss just by one leg but sometimes sometimes i hit uh and here's the thing you can also get in on nerfy fridays which i have not missed on yet uh, and you can get in on nerfy fridays which is the no run first inning bet on any mlb game Opt into the promotion first on the BetMGM Sportsbook app and then place a bet on a no-run first inning uh, on any MLB game. That's by betting no on the will there be a run in the first inning option. If your bet loses but only one run is scored during the first inning, you will receive a bonus bet back equaling your stake up to $25. Like I said the last two Fridays, They've doubled that up to $50. It is available only on Fridays. And of course, if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use our bonus code of PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet, offer, and receive up to $1,000 back if bonus bet, in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, DC, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877 hopeny or text HOPENY ny 467-369. New York call 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 21+ plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Arizona one 800 4700 Nevada 1-800-BETS-OFF. Iowa one 800 270 for confidential help. Michigan 1-800-981-0023. Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. US promotional offers not available in DC, Kansas, Nevada, New York or Ontario. We got an update, by the way, on one of those plays we were talking about earlier. According to our buddy, Tao Mackey, uh, he said that Tory was visibly angry about Corbin Carroll's 3-0 bunt
0: attempt. He chalked it up to a miscommunicated sign. It's not great. Not great. It does explain a lot because, yeah, I mean, we were all just sort of utterly dumbfounded. Like, why on earth you got a pitcher on the mound who clearly has no idea where the ball is going? 3-0 count, Corbin Carroll. Like, there were... There was ab there was zero reason for the diamondbacks to be looking to lay down a bunt there so uh yeah we've seen this happen a-, a few times in recent weeks as well it's something the diamondbacks have had they've had more errors in this regard than they had in the early part of the season just things like this like like miscommunities miscommunicated signs fortunately for them they're able to come up with the win anyway but yeah. That would have been that would have been a pretty tough to swallow, uh, you know, if the Diamondbacks had lost this game, and you know this news came out after the game as it as it just did. Uh, in in all transparency, Jesse was dumbfounded. I was yelling a lot of curse words. That yeah, that's uh, pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of what was yeah, going on there. But I mean, it's uh,
0: generally general office dynamics. Uh,
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that that's most moments around this office. You're dumbfounded and I'm screaming curse words. Yeah, (laughs) that that makes a lot of sense. But um, speaking of screaming curse words, I think there were a lot of curse words uh, probably screamed by Zach Davies tonight uh, in his outing for the AAA Reno Aces uh, because he was not very good.
0: Meanwhile, Jordan Lawler in his first game for the Aces was quite good he was yeah we'll start with Zach Davies uh three innings uh three innings 11 hits seven runs all of them earned one walk two strikeouts he threw 80 pitches in those three innings 49 strikes uh this is for the Reno Aces just to give you an idea he lasted how
1: many innings Jesse
0: three innings three
1: innings uh the rest of the game the rest of the pitching staff gave up two runs after so far,
0: seven. this game is still going. This is a wild game. The Reno Aces are yeah, playing right yeah, now. Yeah, they were. They, they were, were trailing this game seven to three after the top of the second. They are uh, currently winning seventeen to nine uh, as we're live right now in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is pretty tough. I mean, it sort of sounded from what Tori Lovello said after Davies last rehab start in Reno, which also was not particularly great. He basically just said, we want to see another level of execution. I'm I'm paraphrasing there, but that's basically the message that tory delivered after that first rehab assignment or that first rehab start like yes he's built up to the the pitch count and the workload that we would expect and, and he's healthy but there's a level of execution that the debut just didn't have in that first rehab start and you know we haven't dug in deep on on what exactly happened in this game but it certainly looks from the box score like he didn't have that level of execution in this game either obviously a hitter friendly environment but seven runs on 11 hits i mean that is that is really tough so I don't know where the D-backs go from here with Zach Davies. I would imagine it's it's another rehab start. It's giving him another chance in Reno to see if he can prove that he belongs back in the majors. But you can tell, Derek, the D-backs are not just handing the spot back to Zach Davies. You know, given how much he has struggled in the majors this season, they want to see him kind of show something in Reno before they get him back up here and, and have him rejoin a, a Diamondbacks rotation that very much could use him right now.
1: Um And... <sighs> I don't know what they're going to do without him, right? Because Tommy Henry right now isn't really close to being back. No, it doesn't sound like injury. it. Yeah. I mean, what what are their other options
0: besides Ryan Nelson? I mean, turning Bryce Jarvis back into a starter? I don't think they would turn Bryce Jarvis back into a starter. You have Slade Siccone starting tomorrow. So as of right now, Slade Ciccone is basically a member of, of the Diamondbacks rotation. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I and mean... And you
1: got Merrill Kelly, Brandon Fott.
0: Zach, Zach Allen. Yeah. What He's, are they going to do? I mean, they did the bullpen game thing today and it wasn't a total disaster, I guess. So It wasn't? Well, I mean, I mean the, they won five, five. 5 runs at Coors Field, like uh, I mean, it could be better, but yeah, you know, right. it was good enough I guess to to win the game. The guys who who pitched the bulk of the innings were actually pretty good today. Like Tyler Gilbert was okay and Bryce Jarvis as we talked about before was pretty Bryce good. Was pretty good. Maybe the D-backs with you know, both Gilbert and Jarvis here is guys who can kind of provide some length. Maybe they feel okay about doing more of a more of a bullpen game setup moving forward. Joe Mantiply was also pretty good. I don't uh, know. I don't know why him
1: game. yelling Mantiply in the chat made me laugh, but it really did. Uh <laughs> Jordan Lawler, meanwhile. Yeah. Very good.
0: Yeah, Jordan good. Lawler. Home one run. one for four in this game as we speak right now, but he has walked twice both of his walks were with the bases loaded so we got a couple <laughs> ribbies on it's those it's the
1: fucking 8th inning and he already
0: has 6 at bats what is happening correct, in this game correct <laughs> yeah 6 plate appearances and it ended it is the 8th <laughs> inning uh oh he God. homered in his second in his second at bat of this game uh, i believe it was 430 feet something like that uh to left field so yeah this is this is big for the diamondbacks i mean jordan lawler is you know a top 10 prospect in this game according to a lot of different outlets and has a chance to be an enormous difference maker for this team. Now he's only one step away from getting there.
1: Uh, Pedro, he said he tuned in too late and didn't get to see Jarvis pitch. He did pretty well. He actually had a really good uh, second inning there where he uh, got three outs on 10 pitches, struck out two. So a lot of – very promising uh,
0: for him. But I'd like to see the location be maybe a little bit more fine. I think think there were maybe some sliders that he got away with that were a little higher in the zone than you'd like them to be. But – he was pretty much all fastball slider. I think he was fifty one percent four seamer, forty one percent slider. Uh, he did throw one really good changeup that that resulted in a strikeout. But his slider is a pretty good pitch. You know, when he's able to to put that in in good spots, it, it can be pretty effective. The fastball, uh, as I wrote in a story earlier today, uh, has not been a good pitch for him this season, even after making some adjustments. But you know, if if his secondary pitches are on like the slider was today, he can I think mean, he can be pretty effective in that three inning role. Jesse has a new article that he has worked uh,
1: on very hard and is very, very good about the Diamondbacks' prospect system and some of uh, some updates on some of their top prospects, including what is going on with Christian Robinson after being DFA'd, uh, Davis, De- Davis and De Los Santos making strides, and more. So make sure to check that out on gophnx.com. But uh, any highlights as far as, as things that stand out from you doing that piece and, and you know mm-hmm. what's going on right now with the minor league stuff?
0: Yeah, we touched on on the Christian Robinson stuff uh, on the show yesterday, yeah. um, how Josh Barfield, the Diamondbacks farm director, told me that he's dealing with some personal things which seem to play some role in the decision. I don't know exactly how big of a role uh, Josh described the primary reason for uh, him being DFA just being that the Diamondbacks needed the roster spot. They brought up Bunny Kennedy. They wouldn't have been able to do that theoretically if they didn't DFA Christian Robinson in order to clear that spot. Uh but yeah, other things that stand out in here. Um, the the last uh, piece of the story is uh just sort of a roundup on some of the Diamondbacks' top picks from a year ago. And there are some interesting things there to be aware of. One one guy that I'll highlight is Landon Sims uh who was the diamondbacks pick at number 33 overall last year second round pick for them uh pretty highly touted uh out of the draft had a really impressive career at mississippi state 94 to 96 with a fastball a wipeout slider the kind of guy who sort of looked like craig kimbrell 2.0 with you know maybe a chance to even start if things came together for him the diamondbacks drafted him though uh, off of tommy john surgery he had tommy john surgery in march of last year at this point, it's August of the following year. So you'd figure he should be pretty much good to go. And he is pitching in games. But as you can read about in the story, his velocity has not really come back at this point. He's been 90 to 93 miles an hour from what I've been told in Visalia, which is not at all the same guy that the Diamondbacks, you know, hope they were getting when they drafted him. So uh, you can get more details about that in the story. But. Some concerning signs early on there for Landon Sims.
1: Absolutely, make sure to check that piece out. It's very, very good, and of course, uh, get you up to date on everything you need to know with the Arizona Diamondbacks prospects and and what is going on with the big stories as far as their system goes. Uh, there's a comment here from Mike the Goat YT21, and Mike asks, "What do you guys think about Ken Kendrick?" Anyway, obviously, this is a Ken oh, wow. Kendrick burner account. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I'm going to give you a very controversial answer about this. Uh oh! I think he's a great guy. Uh, he's always been very nice to me, and Ken Kendrick <laughs> watched our show and liked it. So I don't have a bad thing to say about <laughs> the band, to be honest. But I mean, I understand everybody wanting to blame the owner for not spending enough money, and I don't know if his on- answers about the money he makes off this team are true. Is true, but he. Very, very confidently said that they do not make any money off of this team. And the money they make off of them, they put it back into the team. Uh, Ken Kendrick has a lot of other, like, uh, real estate investments and properties that he owns. He makes plenty of money off of that stuff. Like, I I get what he's saying. And I I understand people are never going to, like, feel like an owner of a franchise like this is doing enough to to produce a winning product on the field. I get that. But, like I said, uh, I mean there's a lot of things you might disagree with about him. And I, I do as well, but at the end of the day, uh, from my personal perspective, he's a very nice person to me. Yeah, He's, he's a very yeah. nice guy. Uh, and he seems like, uh, he's, he's kind of in an unwinnable situation at times being the owner of a team and and not, you know, being a Dodgers franchise or a Yankees franchise or one of those ones that have the kind of money that some of those do. But, I know that's not going to be a popular answer because I know people <laughs> want me to say he's a terrible person and I hate him uh, and and uh, he's ruining this team. But I, I don't know. The one thing that me and him probably will never see eye to eye on is the purple
0: and teal the jerseys. The colors, yep. There the it is. I was going to say, the, the colors the alone that make him and a bad
1: guy. We'll probably always disagree on. So, Ken, if you're watching, let's get the purple and teal jerseys back. Let's make that happen. But uh, I don't know. this uh, Right now, this team... I, I don't. I don't know what this team is. I don't know what we're going to see going forward. I don't
0: know if there's going no, to be. Any... They're back, right, Derek? They that's, are that's, back. That's the I narrative.
1: mean, we we declared that, but <laughs> I love um, how
0: I love how after every single win that the Diamondbacks get these days, we have to inevitably address the question: Are the Diamondbacks back? It's because right? they are back, yeah, right? Of that's, course, that's of course. <laughs> I
1: will say that I I do say. Uh, I do say this about uh, right now that that ninth inning seemed like a breakthrough moment. And if we can see this yeah. offense potentially getting back on track, I think that ninth inning could be very big going forward. It's just one game. So whatever, right? Like I get it. I, I know that it's not really going to be uh, necessarily one win against the Rockies is going to be the thing that, that sparks this team to the playoffs and, and all that. But it. Right now, especially in Colorado, it felt like this was the worst of their offense. Even though they've scored more runs in in these two games than they did uh, in, in a lot of their previous games, it still felt like, man, if they can't score runs in Colorado, this yeah. offense is truly, truly broken. And four runs doesn't really seem like enough to me, to be honest, for you right. to declare that the offense is back. But tonight, that, that ninth inning felt really good, and I hope it felt as good Uh, for the team uh, as it did for us to watch but uh, also a great way to watch a win like this is by consuming some of our friends OG's brands edibles and of course uh, if you're stuck on what kind of gummies to get OG's took the guesswork out of it. Uh, The decision is 420 times easier based on the fact that they have mixed bags now. What flavor do you get? You can try them all. Decide what your favorite is, or maybe you just enjoy getting a mixed bag. They have their fruits, they have their creams, uh, and they have all of those Hall of Fame flavors in one place. So make sure to check out OG's. Uh, The fruits and creams are available in a variety of strains, including sativas or indicas. And it allows you to customize your OG's experience based on the mood or time of day. They also have their sleep gummies. They have their micro doses and so much more. Whatever you're looking for as far as edibles go, OG's has you covered. We highly recommend you check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at OG's brands you can find their products at your local dispensary must be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh, And speaking of purchasing stuff, uh, check out Saturday Neon for a way to decorate your home, decorate your office, decorate your man cave. It's a company started by two friends and former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. We need an ASU one made immediately because one of the schools they do make is Arizona. Arizona. Uh, and I'm not gonna give Damon the satisfaction. It's a beautiful sight yeah, every there day. There it is. I knew it. I wish I wouldn't have even given him the opportunity. to Great colors. But, great logo. Uh, these signs are shipped with everything you need to mount, power them, and all of that. Which I know sometimes when you get uh, when you get your decorations from certain places, it, it can come, it can be pretty underwhelming. But uh, they have everything you need to power them, dim them, everything. So every sign is easy to install and operate. Uh, and again, they make great gifts for anybody. Uh, you're, you need to get a gift for it. And holiday season is right around the corner. So go to oh, SaturdayNeon.com gosh. and use code PHNX for 10% off your order today. <laughs> Free shipping for orders <laughs> over $200. It's terrifying, Derek, isn't it?
0: Derek, it's 112
1: degrees It's right outside. around the corner, Jesse. I went, <laughs> I went to my Goodwill and bought a pair of basketball shorts. And then when I went to return them, I was told that they were seasonal Halloween items. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. but That's where we're at now. The holiday season. <laughs> Wait, they, were just, they were
0: just—they were just—just like generic basketball shorts. They weren't generic basketball shorts. They were
1: uh, actually Harlem Globetrotter basketball shorts, oh, and they were like authentic. Okay. Harlem Globe Trotter shorts, like the ones that they would wear on court. Uh, so for $9.59, it seemed like quite the steal, but guess what? They were ripped on the inside and you couldn't even wear them because they just fall down. And like, mm. that's what I get for not checking stuff. This is this is gone on a, now I'm blasting Goodwill and I don't feel <laughs> right about that. But uh, again, Diamondbacks are back. That's all it takes is for the Diamondbacks to win. They're back. They'll be back in town soon. So of course, if you want to go see them, the best way to buy tickets is through game time game time is the app for purchasing tickets last minute and of course uh so you want to wait and see how they're doing the last couple of games before you go buy tickets forget what christian walker said only support them when they're winning right but anyway you can know (laughs) no matter what what's going on because you can buy your tickets last minute at game time it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason and you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time download their app create an account and use code phnx for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code phnx for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed uh well let me get this guy back up here because we're we're trying to get the home runs back so we we fixed him the heads attached i feel like you need
0: to give some context here like if people don't remember like the home run snake snake
1: in in the dugout and they cut its head off and then we got some masking tape and just kind of put it back together as best we could and that's the one uh, right that our home run snake is the one that was in the clubhouse yes that is the one and of course when i get a chance to steal that vest I'm coming for it. I'm just mm. saying. Why are we wearing the vest anymore? Maybe that's why we're losing. I don't like. I don't like that. I don't like that they give up on stuff just because they think it's a bad luck charm. Because that's fucking bullshit too. Aren't
0: they still doing the vest? I don't know. I haven't I seen the vest in a while. I saw the vest. They gave like up, two up days on the ago. snake
1: after like four games. L- Evan Longoria is to this day is the only man that got to wear the home run snake.
0: What if they used the throwback vest? all right now you're talking now that would be now he's using that big it's like brain kind of a there. full I like, circle I like when he gets yeah. smart on
1: me that's good but uh you can follow him to get more big brain ideas he's at jesse <laughs> and friedman i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k we are damon's dogs of course and that uh would mean you have to follow damon at damon uh dog and that's d-a-w-g and of course you gotta bark uh we are also at phnx underscore d but all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook uh sean might have died from the excitement again he lives and dies with this team and we literally mean that sometimes he just passes away based on uh his inability to you know <laughs> keep up with what's going on in the game but you can also follow sean at sean underscore to pause. he will be back tomorrow but uh we thank you guys for showing up tonight we thank the diamondbacks for it, putting together this last minute victory and of course we appreciate everybody's time uh, on behalf of this crew we thank you uh, and remember kids baseball is fun but it is so much more fun when you can answer back.